You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of the Super League Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 10, episode 67. I'm John, I'm your host for tonight, and joined by Scott. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, you super? Uh, always super. Um, so I uh, excuse the poor introduction to the podcast tonight, but yeah, the big talking point just now, much as it doesn't directly affect the, the league in Scotland, is the announcement about the Super League being formed from these 12 rogue clubs. Though, potentially, going by what UEFA says, we could be missing three players from our Euro squad. Which is the topic of our podcast tonight? Um, who will Steve Clark take, or who would we like Steve Clark to take? So we're putting on our Steve Clark and John Carver heads tonight. Um, you can be John Carver. I can be John Carver. That's all right. I don't mean that. He's quite a suave guy, isn't he? Good guy. Uh, you can be the grumpy one, the bad cop. Uh, I'll be a good cop. That suits me. <laughs> <laughs> I think people at Nobel agree with that. Um, so yeah, the news broke out what, last night that this Super League looks like it's happening, but I still don't know, is it going to happen, is it not going to happen, but the clubs are even confirming it now as well. We are one of the founding 12, like total pride, as if this is a great thing, even though I don't think I've seen one fan say anything positive about it, but they don't care about fans, these clubs. It's actually probably the fans that are for it or the fans that are classed by these elite clubs as uh, fans of the future. It's the internet fans, it's the the people that watch streams of it and things like that. Um, it's not for me. Um, I think I've mentioned this in the past, but I prefer nowadays to, to watch... Um, Kind of non-league football or lower league football, I think it's more competitive. Um, hate, you know, I, I was a Rangers fan as a kid, and see, by the end of nine in a row, I was bored. Uh, I was actually, you know, I wasn't celebrating Celtic winning the league, but it, it actually felt different. Um, and it's the same this season. I, I think I got bored of Celtic winning nine in a row, uh, and it's good that the Rangers have wrestled that league title back off them and I can only imagine what it's like for the, the rest of the country that has to watch both of them um, for, you know, what's it, 30 years um, going and winning every league title going. So um, it's a vanity project, it's greed, it's flexing their muscles, um you know, how you can, how people can suggest that Tottenham Hotspur, Arsenal, AC Milan are elite clubs. I suppose AC Milan maybe traditionally are an elite club, but in the last decade they've not been an elite club. Um, they've not got, um, you know, the right, as far as I'm concerned, to dictate to the rest of football. Um, I think... <clears throat> I think people are getting suckered into this by thinking that the the home-based fans don't have a say. I think if enough people protested, enough people turned their backs, um, you know, I would like to think if it's not gone through 
Uh, I, I don't think it will go through this this season, so I don't think this, the Euros will will matter. Um, and I don't think, in terms of, I think the players will be allowed to be selected. Um, and I think the, the domestic seasons will all carry on next season. Um, but I would like to think when fans are allowed back in the stadium, hopefully next season, that Liverpool fans go to Tranmere for, for what, the first game of the season. Uh, the two Manchester clubs go to, you know, teams like Hyde or the um, United of Manchester. Uh, the London clubs go to, you know, your your Barnets or your Brentfords or something like that. And, you know, they make a, an actual point of filling out other grounds and not going to the stadiums. Um, it's... You know, it's you know, for me, the heart of football. The two things at the heart of football are fans and competition, and they're trying to get rid of both of them. Aye, there's no chance for the like. I mean, basically, they don't like the likes of a Leicester doing well, or a, in the past, much as they, it's only England, Spain, and Italy that are going to bother with us. Then, but the likes in France, when we've seen this season, Lille doing well. Um, see when a wee team does well, or a team that's not considered a big club, it's like, oh, that shouldn't happen. It's like, well, why should it not happen? Is that not a great thing for the game when it's someone different that wins? As opposed to, especially here, we are used to it so much, like Rangers Celtic, it's just like two versions of the same TV show. Um, so you I, know, I, I'm just astounded. If but, you look at the England Premier League this season, how hard has it been for Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, um, and Chelsea just to break into the top four, so they aren't even you know running away with things as they want in their domestic game. Yet want to pick up the ball and just take you know take it to the bank for a competition that does not appeal to the vast majority of traditional fans. And those are the fans, you know, Scottish football can show you that those are the fans that actually matter the most. Because when the chips are down, they're the people who are going to save that football club. Yeah, the whole thing is, well, as we've said this for long enough, but you wonder whether the, the bubble will burst eventually as with the TV money that they get down south. I mean, they already get astronomical amounts. I think the figures I've seen for this is something like $375 million that each team is getting for taking part in a Super League. So you can understand why they've been caught in the headlights and going, oh, well, I want to be a bit of that. But they can't have their cake and eat it. What do they, they think? Oh. They, they can't play in that and also play in the domestic competition and also play in the reformed Champions League, which already is favoured to suit most of these big clubs anyway. Because I think the talk of the reformation of the Champions League was that if certain clubs didn't qualify, there'd they be wild cards. Yeah. So they would get in anyway. Um, I think it was supposed to be today about that. Yeah, it was. Was, it, 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 no, it was shadowed, kind of, obviously, but yeah, it was kind of. They're straight bags as well. Yeah, that's. They wanted the, to talk because they ruined football thirty years ago. Yeah, the Champions League. Which, the, the only the only thing that I will say about the Champions League, in in its favour compared to, um, to this, is it's still a competition. You know, it, it is heavily. Um, sided in favour of certain clubs, um, no doubt about it. But there is a chance, you know, to 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 break into that, whether it's via money or just you know the off chance of actually doing well. Um, and there's just not that capability in, in this kind of format. 
Um, and what these certain clubs, and I would suggest AC Milan, Tottenham and Arsenal are kind of forefront in my mind on this, is it's all very well and good calling yourself an elite club, but see, once you start playing, somebody's going to have to be mid-table, somebody's going to have to be bottom of the table. Yeah. And then if your fan base is the kind of fame-hungry, eh, trophy-hungry fan, you're not going to have any fans because you've lost your traditional fans who can't afford that probably um, and, who, and who want to see competition. And you'll, you won't begin the fans of the future because they're all supporting the top four or five teams in the league. The thing as well with it is we've known for long enough in England, though, and maybe, I, I don't know whether it's the same extent with the likes of Real Madrid Barcelona, it probably is. They don't even need any fans in the ground. But regardless of that, you still need fans. But the, the new fans of the future are also incorporate the global fans, whereby folk are just watching it on TV. And that's what it is. Football will become a TV show. But here's the, but here's the thing. People say, people say, are quick to say, oh, you know, the, this pandemic sped up because they've seen that they can do it without fans in the, in the stadium. That's not strictly true, though, because without fans, we would not be, they would not be playing just now anyway. It's only because of fans that the governments have let the games continue, and that's, you know, quite a substantial thing that they're forgetting. Um, you know, you've got teams like Tottenham and Liverpool and Arsenal who are saying, oh, listen, woe me, we need to put, you know, Give you know, what is it? Arsenal had released some of the staff. Tottenham were trying to get. Um, I don't know if they still did in the end, but they were talking about using the furlough scheme and stuff like that. And then they're, they're chatting up this three hundred and fifty million each competition. Tottenham have decided in this Super League they don't need a manager because they've obviously sat Mourinho. They think yeah. that's alright. We don't need a manager. Um, it's yeah, and to do that before a, a league cup final that he got you to, uh, you know, that shows you the kind of sense of loyalty that these kind of clubs have, and that's just no loyalty whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I take it all the way back. You know, you, you look at Liverpool, working class club, and all the rest of it. That's gone. That's gone right out the window. You look at Manchester United, and you look at the the Munich air disaster, and how many clubs went out to support them and loaned players this, that had charity games, this, that, and the next thing, and now they've kind of just spat it back in their face. Yeah, it's good to see at least, obviously the German clubs are you different because they're fan-owned, so they are, at the moment, certainly not going to be involved in it. Bayern have been quite vocal about it, and PSG, That's... surprisingly, I thought if there was a club that would be involved in this football league, PSG would be all over it like a rash, uh, but they, so far, are not going to be part of it. Um, I know there's talk of another three teams and then you'll have your five wildcard teams but um, well i seen yeah. was it um, I can't remember, was it Porto or probably the Portuguese team Benfica maybe they said that they weren't wanting to take part yeah I don't know if they were ever offered I think they said no. they were offered and they said no um, so you know wouldn't surprise me if it, you know last minute one of the or both of the old firm clubs sneaked in um, well, whether they sneak into it or whether it has a knock-on effect, that's where it comes into Scotland, I suppose, is would this then open up the door for England to then go, well, we'll take Rangers Celtic. It would be a bit, kind of, slightly... It's hypocritical if, they, if, uh, if we all say this, that, next thing, 
and then they poach those two clubs away from the Scottish leagues. But we've seen um, talks are elsewhere, they're like Belgium and Netherlands having some Benny Benny League, I think they're called. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to merge. Um, I wouldn't be in favour of that either, uh, although it's still a kind of competition, so I'd be more in favour of that than... Yeah, um, the what's been proposed for the Super League. I remember as well there was talks at some point. I think some of the Portuguese clubs have been involved in the Spanish league as well, and could it then have a, a kind of knock-on effect? You hope not. You hope that what happens is the whole announcement turns almost it. all the other fans together, and fans actually get a bit of power back and go, no. The thing is, what you effort time, but it, the Greek snobs. What you ever have done since the Champions League started pretty much is appease the biggest clubs that are in it. You know, that's why we've got more than just the champions in, in these competitions. That's why the biggest leagues um, get seeded, get straight into the major stages. That's why we've got more group games. That's why we've got, you know, more qualifiers for the weaker teams and stuff like that. That's all because UEFA appeased this kind of group mentality since almost day one, and now it's coming back to bite them because now they've just decided they want too much and UEFA can't provide it. Now, I, I, I think um, the backlash is going to be too much, and I, I think they, they will understand that. Um, but I think they might try and have UEFA conceding more in terms of having them in the Champions League. I well, the talk is that there's, there's a meeting tomorrow, I think, and then the talk is the potential they could end up chucking out the clubs that are in the Super 12 out of the Champions League and Europa League. I think, I, I think they'll go the other way, and I think they'll appease them again with something where they're always, no matter what, in the Champions League. So yeah, they'll just go at a Super 12 and go to eight. It's, it's all right. So the, the yeah. something yeah, something will either get more money for certain aspects or or, or whatever. There will be something because I, 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 I just can't see this model, uh, the Super League, taking off. Uh, maybe that's just me hoping not, but yeah. who knows? Though it is something that's been spoken about for a good few years, and I don't, I don't know whether we just all thought or not. It's unlikely that will happen. I've always thought it it probably would happen but you would have thought if they were going to do it they would go go about it in the right way and it's almost as if they've done it secret talks and then not kind of UEFA, what are they going to do start up their own governing football body for the Super 12 The the way they've done it hasn't surprised me to be honest, Uh, when you look at the clubs involved, it's not surprised me in the slightest Um, and it's it's just greed and, and, and a power grab. Um, and I, I, I mean, I would, if I was you, if I'd be saying to them, say, bye-bye, we're going to strip you of any titles you've won, do not have anything that relates to any UEFA competition within your stadium, within your websites. Um, well, we... Mansai will be fine with that. They've got the... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, so they're, 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 they're all right. Uh, Chelsea just needs to screw it one year. Uh, I suppose I've won the Europa League a couple of times but but yeah it just said you're not welcome back you're oh. not in your domestic leagues you're not welcome back um, off your pop you wonder as well who the broadcaster of this league's going to be as well because by all I accounts think, obviously 
Amazon have been, yeah. yeah, Amazon have been linked with it. Um, which again would not surprise me with the, that Amazon business model being involved. Um, it's not as if they pay their taxes or anything, so that's where they, they keep their money and spend it in shite like that. Yeah, Amazon planes delivering the players to like all over the world. Because let's face it, if they do this, they just have games anywhere. Yeah, hopefully they'll have, have Vince McMahon. They'll have Vince McMahon. They'll have Vince McMahon planning it all out for them and writing out the storylines and jetting players in during the, the 90 minutes that aren't meant to be in and the surprise additions. I'm all in uh, favour of the 12 teams playing all against each other at the same time. I mean, like that, I could maybe watch as a one-off, a wee bit of entertainment. But it, I, I get bored watching the Champions League nowadays. I pick and choose my games. It's very rarely I watch it. I think yeah, last week it, when the boy was going to be, oh, but the Champions League is on tonight. I was like, oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Like, um, I've seen that show before. Yeah, and the thing is, when you're then watching it and they're playing it in Shanghai or Dubai or Boston um, or Goa or wherever, while it's good for those nations and I'm sure that they'll sell out, the people who actually supported football throughout for these clubs are just going to lose more and more interest. You know, you're not going to see a player and think, relate to that player and think, oh yeah, I can't wait till, till I'm playing in Shanghai next week or next decade. Yeah, and then you wonder, like, is it just going to be a certain group of players that's in it and that's it? How do you, how do you get into this? How do you sign for these clubs that are in this different setup and all that type of thing? Uh, I would imagine it'll work a bit like the rugby in the rugby union, rugby league, you have to declare a code and then you can swap in between the two, but you have to you have to be in that code for it. I've got the solution. Remember, <laughs> we were talking about ways to improve football. Right. Here's the sample: the twelve teams and whoever else draft. There you go. There's a draft. Yeah, well, that, anyone anyone wants to be a, a breakaway person, well, be involved, go. Bye. Well, See it, you later. It's a it's an idea that would totally suit that league. Yep. Like uh, the type set up, you know, every, the IP, Indian yep. uh, cricket. Yeah. It would not surprise me if it, if somehow they, oh. they, they squeeze that in. Maybe maybe this is how it sped up. Listen to that podcast on the weekend. It might not work in Scotland, but actually, let's see. So we could put Ronaldo playing for Tottenham. Messi maybe at Arsenal. Then we could, but then we can't find out if he can do it in a Tuesday night stoke. Unless, no, unless, unless Stoke, Stoke get the wild card. Maybe Stoke <laughs> get the wild card. Um, but yeah, let's hope it, it doesn't happen. No, to be honest, I don't really care about that level of football anyway because it's, it is like a, a TV show for me. Well, the, um, the, the, the last thing I'll say is, so six years' time, and as I say, teams like Arsenal, Tottenham, AC Milan eh, haven't competed and they've always fallen into the kind of lower half of the table. Do they then go, do the top eight teams go, well, wait a minute here. Why don't we get rid of them and then keep out even more money to ourselves? Because everybody's just interested in the top eight. Gen, the club is okay, though, if they get all that money. They won't care where they finish because it's, it's all about money. No, but what I'm saying to you is they'll get even more money if they then cut off the the bottom half Super of the team. I've, I've seen the film Super 8. <laughs> so there you go. Different, the football version, but I... The Magnificent Seven. They just around Robin play each other all the time. Classic five. 
dynamic duo. And then you'll get to the stage where it's just Grant Wall's fantasy. It's just the best two teams that he thinks as it are in the world, and it's just them playing each other for an infinite amount of times. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we've had enough of a run. We could run for far longer about it. Um, but let's go on to the, the topic in the hand. So the better we are, topic. We are now the hope and the optimism. Away from the Euro start. Um, for Scotland, certainly our first game is what the twelfth of June. Right. No, fourteenth. Fourteenth of June. So yeah, less than two months away. We, Before we, we start could... taking Europe by storm. Aye, well, uh, we've also got the friendlies against Luxembourg and Netherlands just before it, so that's good. good that there's at least a two good friendlies, I think. Uh, I, I like this out because Luxembourg are on a, a kind of upturn. And so that's the last their, their last game, I think, at that stadium. Their stadium's getting they're changing stadium, so you'll be the last team to play there. Um, and then obviously the Dutch are always a decent side, so and they'll be okay. You say of, always. You say always. Well, they're, they're always a side that, that that's kind of very good technically and will, will always give Scotland a game at least. Um, and you know they've got. You know, I don't know if, if Van Dijk's going to be fit or not, obviously, but you've got good players in there, you know. Oh, they do. They do. Frankie they, De Jong and all the rest of it. But they're all they're always ready to implode at any point. That that's maybe the beauty of Holland, though, is the fact that yeah. you don't know what yeah, Holland you'll get. They they should be. I think they'll be decent. I don't think they'll they'll challenge for the, the trophy. Well, you're burning it anyway, so no one's challenging because it's <laughs> Scotland's get the. It's done easy. Um, so usually there'll be a 23-man squad. By all accounts from most reports that I've seen, it's going to be 25 or 26. And I don't think it'll be like the usual thing where you get standby players because of the COVID situation. I think it'll be yeah. it'll be a 25 or 26-man squad. So for the purposes of this podcast, we're going by that. And we are going with 25 stroke, 26 players. So for people yeah, that are bad, uh, someone have maybe got a standby player that can count as being the 26 player or whatever. Um, and we'll see how it goes. There is quite a lot of names that are pretty common, but there is the odd name here and there that are is a wee bit different. Um, and it's partly inspired by your blog that you did, but we did always intend to do something like this. It's just maybe come a wee bit sooner, but it's a good time because only what four games left in Scotland in the league. Obviously, you've got three cup games left, depending on who you are, and then down south, there's whatever games left. So, yeah, it's a good time to do it. So, you want to plug where your blog comes from, first of all, and then... So, it's... Yeah, it. so... After the the footyblog.net. Yeah, so the net, um there'll be probably a couple, a couple of stories down. Um, it's me with my Scotland squad, and then I've also selected a squad that I think, actually, Steve Clark will select. And it's already wrong, because this was written before. Ryan Jack, unfortunately, got an injury. Uh, result ruled out because of injury, so. Aye, that's all right. There still might be ones as well that maybe end up not in the squad. So, the likelihood is we'll review this again. We might try, and, we might even get more people on and and find out as well what other folks think. But we've got a few opinions anyway. So, goalkeepers first of all, there's only five names that have been mentioned to me in terms yep. of goalkeeper um, for the squad. I think we can both agree, and I think most would agree there's two definites, assuming there's no injuries. 
if there's no injuries, then I'm saying there's three definites. So you're saying there's three definites? Yeah. Three definites for you or three definites for Steve Clark? I think it was three definites for Steve Clark. Aye, I, I mean. would agree with that. There's three definites for Steve Clark. But I would say for the rest of us, and in terms of feedback I've got from different listeners, etc., the third place is, is up for grabs. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I can see why people would think that, and you know, I'm assuming you're talking John McLaughlin's been left out a few squads. Aye, I mean, because he's not playing regularly for Angels, which I, I understand, but I think he would have been dropped before though if that was a kind of. I think he's doubling pretty much the majority of Steve Clark's squads. Um, I think he did show enough at the start of the season at Rangers. You know, the only reason he's not playing for Rangers is because of Alan McGregor and nothing else. You know, he didn't do himself any um, injustices when he played. He never done anything that, you know, actually merited him not playing other than Alan McGregor's just a superior goalkeeper and who would be automatic number one for Scotland if he hadn't retired. Um it was probably 50-50, I would say, in terms of whether McLaughlin should be included or not. And suppose this has got us going by what we would pick. Yeah, so, so I, so I, I bet... Yes, I, I had Marshall, Darwin County, Craig Gord of Hearts and John McLaughlin, Rangers. Yeah. So the other names that come into consideration, um, maybe Kelly. a few surprises, Kelly was the one instead of McLaughlin. I yeah. can understand he's playing regularly, good keeper. Very good keeper, yeah. Um. So you could understand him, but in there, other names, this is one name that wasn't mentioned by anyone, that, but could have potentially, maybe will slightly kick himself that he's not kicked on a week or a season, because there's a good chance to get in the squad with Corey, I feel at Levinson. I think he had a, a, a decent chance maybe to get in there as a third choice keeper, but he's yeah, been uh, out of the team with Stryek, so... He's- yeah, he's not been consistent enough. I've not, I've not seen him at Livingston and thought, here's the, the, this is, this is potentially a Scotland international goalkeeper. Yeah, that's not to say it won't happen. That's not to say you know. I know the, the, the coaching staff of Rangers really do, you know, have thoughts, high, high hopes for him. Yep. But I've not seen that at Livingston. He's still a young age as well. The good thing is he's getting plenty of football under his belt the last couple of seasons, which will stand him in good stead for when yeah. Alan McGregor... Yeah, he's still very young. New Rangers. And obviously McGregor was another one. I mean, my, my boy is like, we should be doing all we can to get McGregor in, which he, I can understand. However, I suppose twice he's decided to not play for us anymore. And you respect it. And I suppose it's a bit like Clark when he was saying about Adams. He wanted to wait and see if Adams wanted to commit. It would be interesting if McGregor did decide, oh, maybe I'd like to play, but because he'd definitely be number one. Like, there's yeah. no doubt he'd be number one. I think, I, I think you're right. I think Clark uh, won't go and ask him. And I think McGregor wouldn't do that to the keepers that are there. I, I think he's, he's just, I think he's felt. For whatever reason, to retire in the first place, I don't think that's changed. I don't think. Um, I, I, I don't. You know, I, I think he would love to play the Euros. Um, but I don't think he <clears throat> um, would want to just do his latter and say, "Listen, I'm ready to play." Uh, uh, you mentioned that's on a week goes latter do it once. He, no, no, but of course, um, as I said, I, I just don't see Art McGregor picking up the phone and say to Steve Clark, listen, I'm yeah. willing to go. The only thing, the only way I could have seen him maybe 
going a wee bit differently. Um, remember when we were talking before the qualifiers there and Marshall when they played? So if Marshall handed it back into the Derby team, there might have been a wee bit of slight, right, do you maybe get McGregor in? Though Clark does strike me, and this will come on as we go throughout the squad that we probably pick. Very loyal. And even if Marshall hadn't been playing, I think probably you would think of experience anyway. Just to find within the squad. Maybe they number one. I don't know. Gordon might have then taken the number one jersey, and maybe it's still up for grabs. Maybe. I think it, I think it should be. That's what I was just about to say. I, I've not been, since the Serbia win and the penalties, I've not been that impressed with Marshall. Uh, I know he's a hero. I know, you know, uh, you know, I love him for for what he's done, but I've not been entirely impressed with him since since then. Um, that's not to say he is actually a very good and throughout his whole career, he's been very good in the big games. So that's not to say that you know he, he didn't deserve to to kind of maybe keep his place on that basis, but. I think he could have done better um, in the Austria game, for example. Um, and there's been a few times that I've just felt he's not been fully concentrating on what he's got to do. Yeah. Or his decision making has uh, not been great. So that, that, that I would say, yeah, there's still a call as to who number one will be. Um, I suppose at the moment, Clark's kind of shown his hand a wee bit by Marshall playing in more games. Gordon's got the, the kind of third choice game in the the last sets of qualifiers, but yeah, I think there's still all to play for. Would then maybe if Gord, and I don't wish injury anyone, obviously, we've, not, we've obviously seen Ryan Jack's been injured, he's not going to be in the squad. If Marshall or Gordon was to get injured, would maybe then McGregor come in the equation? Um, or still not? I, I just don't know if, if Steve Clark would make that phone call. I don't. I, I would if it was me. I one hundred percent would. But um, you know, I, I don't know if Steve Clark's feels that maybe he's he's made his decision. That's fine. Yeah. Um, right, defenders. There is probably about. I think there'll be probably ten defenders that'll go based on the kind of system that we take and we play or likely to play. Um, I would say out of all the people. I've got nine defenders. You've got nine. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Steve Clark will take ten. By the way. Yeah. I think yeah, I think. Ten, ten of my, my Steve Clark squad, but my squad I've got nine. I think if I think as well if it's twenty six men, I think it'll definitely be ten. And also as well because of what's happened to Ryan Jack, it will be ten. Because you'd had McTominay. Maybe we could have still played at centre back. I know with Tomary, which we always come on to, but we guaranteed he's midfield now. Even though he is slightly different than Jack, I think he'll be the person that will kind of have to play that role. So, defenders, some de- right. So, the definites, if fit, obviously Robertson. Yep, captain. Obviously Tierney. Yep. McKenna, I would say, is a definite. I think everybody. Yeah, I've got McKenna. Yeah. They are the three definites I think everyone would pick. 
the right wing back situation is the one that's obviously getting the most headlines. Um, I would suggest I've not seen all the all the squads, but I would suggest O'Donnell's there. Maybe not his number one right back, but I think most people have picked O'Donnell. Most people have squads. picked O'Donnell. Yeah. Um, but then if you were to speak to like Greg, who we had on the podcast all week, he reckons he's not even good enough to play for Motherwell. So that. Oh, I I uh, I've said that the right backs. Slot is the is probably the least comfortable I'm in our squad is who you know uh, um, and that's why I've actually picked somebody else for right back um, not Liam Palmer. Well, I would say you're you're not in the minority there. I would say actually, I think everybody has picked the person that yeah everyone's talking about Alan Hutton, who knows the position well. Oh, everybody's picked Alan Hutton. Well, it still looks like he could do a job. <laughs> Probably could. Um, no. Um, yeah, Alan Hutton has obviously come out. There's been a few others that have come out and said Nathan Parson should be in the squad. Um, obviously, you get the usual thing with us. It's because he's a Rangers Celtic player. Even though he's not played many games, should he be included? But I suppose you have to look into the, the larger picture and see what the games that he has played has been against. European opposition. He's played an old firm now. So he has played games where the buy has been tested against maybe the types of players that he would face in the Euros. Plus also, I suppose you could say as well, it could be a bit of a wild card. Something a bit different that other club, other teams have not seen so much. Obviously in the, this day and age, you can get videos of any game you want to see and you'll see Patterson playing. But then you see Patterson playing in a four at the back as opposed to, would he be pretty effective in a three? Going by think, his performances for Rangers, I think he would. I think he would, um, yeah. I think he, so you don't know for certain because we've no, seen no, yeah. Robertson struggle in a three at the back as a wing back. Not struggle, but his performances aren't the same as far as I think most people would admit that. No, I, 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 think, I, I totally agree, but I think Patterson's game is slightly different. I think he's a more traditional fullback, whereas I think Eddie Robertson for Liverpool is almost a touch on being a winger where you see the crosses and the amount of crosses and passes he puts in to the box. Um, I don't think Nathan Patterson uh, plays that far up the field as often as Robertson. Yeah, so if I look at it, you've got Patterson. Um, I asked a couple of the kind of previous guests what you've had on, so Grant from Campbell's Football, um, Callum from Football CFB, um, Good John, who also is hosting the podcast with a guest special or something like that, regular. They've all got Partisan. Um, there are a couple of folk. My boy, he was Partisan. He said, yeah, Partisan should go, definitely. And another guy as well. Yeah, he had Partisan. And let me see, there was... David tweeted us earlier. I think he had Parson too. David Brown. David Brown. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, looking he for. He had Parson as well. He, he's actually got the theorem. He's got Parson or Donald and Palmer, which I suppose you could have Palmer in as the backup for left wing back because he can play there. He can also play centre back and he can play right wing back. Um, but Palmer's yeah. certainly one that suffered the most in terms of being left out most squads. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the, the, one, the one kind of caveat that I'll say it goes against Patterson or could go against Patterson is, and this is kind of unfortunately touching on Stephen Gerrard's point, that 
if he now gets a lengthy ban, when that he deserves, um, you know, a, a ban, then you kind of that's him probably for the rest of the season, and then and, and the other thing that counts against him, I think, is that he, he didn't hit this kind of form early enough. So I, I would have liked to if he'd have done this earlier on this year, and it's not his fault that he's not done it, um, it's just obviously the way the Tavernier injury happened, would, he would have then come in to the squad for the last couple of games there. Um, so we've not seen him in a, a, even in a friendly setting. And because I think the squad's getting named before the Luxembourg game, I don't think you can... I think it's the 1st of June, I think I read. But I would think the players will know before we all know. So uh, I think it's surprising because I think the family's the second of June, but maybe it's just maybe there'll be a provisional squad probably. Yeah, so fairly down at twenty. What, 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 what I mean is, he, he, he even if he's in that provisional squad, they won't have seen him before they name the squad because the squad gets named before the the first friendly. Yeah. Um. So I I I think I I would definitely take Patterson, but I think Clark won't. I think Clark will go with Palmer and O'Donnell. Yeah, I think so as well. And that's the kind of one thing I've got with Clark um, is that sometimes he says it's about, you know, loyalty and other times he says it's about form. And I think on this occasion, right back is not our strongest point. It's probably our weakest point at the moment, I think. And the boys looks at a really good prospect and it's maybe, you know, if if you've got O'Donnell who you feel as Clark feels he's dependable, then have this young kid just in case he could be, you know, as good as Alan Hutton was at that age. Yeah, I suppose after that's going to be a bigger squad to begin with. He could have a minute to look at and see what he thinks of him in training and whether he feels yeah. he can he can be a that's a good point. Call a wild card um, for the squad. I know you've got another one as a wild card, which yeah. makes more sense because uh, he's played more this season and it is an area whereby we do need a wee bit of cover. Um, so who did you have in as the alternative left wing back? So, Stroke full back, depending on what we play. Yeah, so because Tierney's you know, been playing at centre-half, um, you've got Robertson, I think he will... You know, just looking at his squads, he will probably take another left back. He will take Greg Taylor, who doesn't play enough for me at Celtic. Um, but I would suggest taking Josh Doig um, at Hibs. I think he's done really well. I thought it was a fascinating battle the other week between him and Patterson um, with, when it was Rangers against Hibs. Um, and again, uh, you know, if he's going to be kind of third choice, possibly left back, then. Let's have somebody who we can kind of maybe build, you know, a bit more of a future round rather than somebody who's not playing uh, regularly for Celtic. I know it'd have been a fair enough shout. He's certainly kind of played regularly. He's impressed at times. He's getting linked with moves to big clubs down south as well. So uh, again, we probably would agree Clark won't take him, but he's one that no. could come into consideration for the qualifiers after the Euros yeah. it's, it's the hardest position to get in because another player if he'd uh, if he hadn't got injured it could have come in consideration was Aaron Hickey 
who started playing yep. for Bologna at the start of the season. It was due to an injury to Mitchell Dykes that he did play for Bologna, but he's now got a shoulder injury. He's out till I seen the seventh of June. Yeah, he's, not he's, not, he's, he's an operation, yeah, so he's not, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's out as far as I'm concerned. But also, as well, he could have been potentially good because he can cover both sides. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not going to happen, but he's definitely one that's going to consideration um, down the line. Um, hopefully, you would think maybe Bologna will do us a nice service and play him at right back or right wing back just to help us out. Uh, well, uh, I don't not this season, but yeah, I would like to think that he can. You know, old talk Craig Levine said he can play both both sides, so I would like to see what right back at some stage. Um, in terms of Palmer, yeah, yeah, Palmer wasn't included by most, but Palmer will go. I think if he's fat, he will go, and I suppose you can make a case for him. He's been all right at times for Scotland. I've actually, actually preferred him to O'Donnell. Um, and his versatility, um, I think, will help in, yeah. a, in a sport whereby you, you could get injuries, suspensions, whatever. His versatility will help. The downside is he's playing in a Stratford Wednesday side that has been struggling. Um, yeah. But pretty, pretty badly. So, But yeah, he will be there. So we, we do think O'Donnell and Palmer will be there. They'll, they will be going. So, centre backs. I think Taylor will go as the. He, he probably yeah, will be there. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's been in pretty much every squad. Uh, and, you know, uh, unless he walks up to Steve Clark and spits in his face, I don't see them. Uh, you know, Steve Clark, you know, obviously loves him. So, it's just a personal kind of thing. I, I, I think he's not played enough. I don't think it. And why? Do you know I mean, I look at Laxalt at Celtic. And I can't see why Taylor's not beating him for a place. Um, so, you know, I, I know people say Laxalt's only playing because he's a foreigner and this, that, and the next thing. But, you know, you, you still do enough in training and do enough. Um, hopefully, he'll start playing now because Laxalt had such a bad game against Rangers in the Scottish Cup. But um, I think yeah. Doig's played really well all season. So that's why I would pick him. Aye. So in terms of leaving the kind of centre backs, right? So we've got a few. Again, someone that probably everyone has picked, and you've mentioned before. We've kind of both spoken about him. Liam Cooper. Um, Liam Cooper, I think probably for you and me is someone that potentially would start even in the team. Yeah, I, I, I think if 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 you look at him playing for Leeds and the way Leeds play, Clark does want a player that can play out from the back then why don't you do it with somebody who gets managed by Marcel, Marcelo Bielsa. Try and spit it out. Uh, Bielsa. Uh, then, uh, why not? I, I think the biggest issue I think Cooper's got for playing for Scotland is he's not played consistently enough. I mean, I, 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 yeah. yeah, so in, in terms of He's not getting enough caps. He's not getting a run. Whether that's because Clark's not picked him or whether that's because of injuries and pullouts, it's probably a bit of both. But I think that's the only thing he's missing. It's just a wee run of games. And he would get that in Euros. Yeah. I, I mean, if I, I'm going to give you a nod to Chris because Chris loves a start. But I like starts too. But I was looking at it earlier. I'd seen something about Cooper recently about kind of starts in terms of thins and blocks and interception. Or he's fourth for blocks in the league. So it shows in terms of a kind of team that's maybe at times going to be playing a wee bit on the defensive side, 
he's someone that can get a last touch block and also interceptions. He's tenth in the league for interceptions as well. So again, he is a leader as well. He's a leader, captain. captain, Yeah, he he does take that responsibility seriously. You know, you see him on social media, you see him backing causes. You know, the Marcus Rashford things and all the rest of it. that's what we need in Scotland, I think, as many leaders as possible. So, yeah, he, he would definitely get in my squad. The problem is he's bloody left-footed because this is the problem. We've got too many left-footers at the back. I think he will be in the squad. Well, I think you can play him in the middle then or, or whatever. It's, it's something that we can could have a wee play around with. You know, I wouldn't... <laughs> see, to be honest, I don't think I would... I would play him maybe as left centre back and move Tierney into midfield. I Which don't is think... the same as what I said as well. Yeah, I think uh, uh, he could play in there. I think yeah. he's box to box running. He's obviously very good and passionate in the tackles, and is you know very handy with the ball at his feet. And you full know, backs generally get on pretty well playing defensive mid. He he basically played as far as I was concerned. In the last set of Scotland games, he was probably our best midfielder, and that was stepping out of defence to do it. Yep. I know, I said the exact same thing uh, when I seen Jack had pulled out. Don't get it, don't you back me up on it. I think everyone else was like, what, Tierney? Like, why would you play Tierney? I know, I don't write that. That was on the WhatsApp group. Yeah, I was maybe. In terms of Cooper, I'm trying to see. I think actually, I was annoyed that you didn't back up my. Selection, so maybe I just which one, Doig? No, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But in that in that same group chat. Oh, I'll try. I'll, I'll come back to me. Um, but yeah, Grant <laughs> Harden, 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 Cooper. So Cooper was there. In terms of our centre backs, I think everyone's got Gallagher. Gallagher could have dealt at I, one point because he. I've not got Gallagher. Playing. But I noticed he got back in the team for the the first game after the split. I think he probably will go because of what he did in the qualifiers I, again. I think he'll go, but I, I, he's not in my squad. But I think actually, and he's someone that gets a lot of criticism. Hanley, I thought was pretty. Yeah, decent. I think I think he and was think, a, again a leader. And somebody fans rave about him. See, he's fantastic. Uh, he, he he's brilliant. And we need to remember it's not the Hanley of three years ago. It's not the Hanley of a in a team that was underperforming. You could say the thing for most of Scotland players at that time, they weren't doing great. I, I thought he was good and he I think he should go. And the, the other thing I think that Hanley um does in this kind of goes back to a point that Gordon Strachan made um, back in the day. He gives us good height in the opposition penalty box yeah. and they showed that against Austria. No, Hanley's a mascot. Gallagher's not um and a lot of that is to do with the fact that he struggles at the moment to get into a Motherwell squad, and there's a reason for that. I know he is back in the team at the moment, but there was a reason why he got dropped. And they've had a really disappointing season in the, the, the main part, and we have suddenly got options at the back. Yep. Well, Jack Henry, obviously. Yeah, so I've, got, so I've got, I've got Jack Henry, um, Hanley... McKenna and Cooper, and plus you've obviously got McTominay and Tierney who can play in the centre back roles as well. So that's who I've got for my. That's why yeah. I've not gone ten for centre back for the defence. Callum took Gallagher and Hanley and McKenna, which I feel you wouldn't get all three of them. I 
think you would only need two of them because all three of them I would say are fairly similar. Well, I've, say McKenna's maybe got a wee bit more about him. And in, yeah. in, in the squad that I picked from Steve Clark, um, that I think Steve Clark will take. I've got McKenna, Considine, Gallica, Hanley, and Henry. Aye, so Considine's an interesting one because Considine has obviously got a bit of versatility to him. And any time he's played for Scotland so far, he's been good, solid. Most people actually haven't picked him, which I can understand. Um, to be honest, it's very harsh if he doesn't go, but you know, he just couldn't make my squad because I just think he's that wee bit below everybody else in terms of kind of level wise. Yeah, um, I think that was a thing that people did say. He probably was called up as a, an emergency and managed to step in and do well. So he is someone that if he was in the squad, I think if he get called upon, he would he would do a job. I think he'd be good in the dressing room. And all that type of thing it's as well. Like, uh, if if I kind of throw it back to kind of Tosh McKinley, somebody who you can kind of rely on, but you you, you would be your first choice. Yeah, I think as well he'd be not, not to do my disservice. He'd be happy to be there, but you know if he get called upon, he'd, he'd do a he'd do yeah. a job. Yeah, uh, I, which is you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if he's in the squad. That's for sure. And there's also the fact that he can, if required, play it. Full back, wing back. Yeah. It's an emergency uh, with that. But yeah, majority of people didn't pick him in it. So, but you think you think uh, Clark will take him, though, don't you? Yes. Uh, Loyal oh, take him. One person actually, one person did pick him um, for that. Who did I'm trying? Who did he not take then? Or did he just take every centre back on? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, he took six centre backs. So. McKenna, Gallagher, Constant Cooper, Hanley, Hendry. So he's not taking. Say again, say all the guys again. McKenna, Gallagher, Constant Cooper, Hanley, Hendry. And Tierney is about the. I will Tierney as I. So. With that. Hey, Kenny. It was my mate Kenny who took. Uh... So. Yeah. You think Kenji will go? I think. Um, I think we spoke about it before in terms of the. Yeah, I think. I think, yeah, I think again, he's a ball kind of ball playing centre back. I think he he did. I I don't think he did anything wrong when I saw him in the last couple of games. I think Steve Clark will. I think he'll take 10 defenders and that will be a benefit to, to Considine and Henry and people like that. But I would use Ed Mascot, I would have him as well. Aye. I'm trying to think who's not going then. Because it, there was 10 defenders in the last squad. So I didn't pick Palmer. Um, I didn't pick Gallagher. Um, I, think, I didn't pick Taylor. So, so the, for instance, this is what I think um, Clark will go with. I think he'll go Robertson, Tierney, O'Donnell, Palmer... McKenna, Considine, Gallica, Hanley, Hendry, and Taylor. So do you think Cooper misses out? Yeah, I think I think Cooper will miss out for uh, Steve Clarkson. Uh, I suppose one would be maybe whether the ten were in the qualifiers, maybe Cooper comes in for Considine, maybe. Possibly. That could maybe be the one that's different. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to midfield. So midfield. There's some that are definite. Everybody has mentioned them, and no surprise. So 
the two main ones that are definite are McTominay and McGinn. Yeah. Um, they are definites. We know fine well, barring an injury or whatever, Carlo McGregor goes as well. Um, whether he starts now is always... Yeah, whether McGregor starts now is the big debate, probably. Um, and yeah, Christie, depending on whether you want to put midfielder or attacking player, yeah, Christie, I think, will be in there. Um, and again, everyone, I think everyone picked those four. There, there wasn't anyone that didn't have it. Yeah, not surprised. Um, There's a couple, two, the, the two, well, three. So the people not picked Armstrong? Um, Armstrong was in some squads. The one that never got picked by most people was John Fleck. Um, I think Fleck will go um, in Clark's, and I think we're picked for Clark's squad. Let me just check. Yeah, I think Fleck will go in John uh, Steve Clark's squad. Not he's not made it in my squad. Um, and partly, I suppose he, the reason why he's not getting picked is because of our Sheffield United and the like, but also as well, everybody. Is going with Turnbull in the squad, which yeah, I've got I would definitely have Turnbull in. Yeah. And I've said before, I'd even um, I'd battle my case for him being in the starting lineup. Never mind just being in the squad, because he's a, he's a different type of midfielder that we do not have in the team just now. Um, so whether he goes or not, I don't know because Clark said that. He, I don't know. I don't know if Clark's totally convinced he'll he'll be in the squad. I think no. he'll be in. The qualifiers after. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. There's a fair few that have a chance we're not taking him. Uh, Maybe the Jack engine might help much as are completely different players. Uh, well, that's what I was my thinking. I wrote an article selecting something that I think could come in for Jack. Um, and the reason why it wouldn't be Turnbull is because they're totally different players and it's not what we need. So, um, so I, I, while I picked Turnbull, I left out Fleck and I left out Kenny McLean. So and I picked two other players, uh, Turnbull being one of them. But that's for for more like to like rather yeah. than Jack, because Jack was in my squad and now I've had to obviously take him out. But um, I'm Steve Clark head on there when you're like, well, that's what they do. Because you and me as visionaries, I've got Keenan Tierney in midfield, the boss of that. Play of the tournament. <laughs> play of the tournament. Fantastic. Um, and there'd, well, be no need, there'd be no need for a, my, my, a my, Fleck or a, a wild card could be Scott Brown. The one, the one that I think um, I would take now is Ross McCrory. And I know you've said he's not had a great second half to the season, but his stats are actually still really high. Um, so if you give me a second. I know, I can understand why you would have him in this squad. Um, it's more. It's more. He can't play that role. It's that. It's that the, the disciplined role, and when you ask him to do that job, like he did at Rangers in Europe and against Celtic, he actually did really well. Um, I think, as I say, um, it's more like for like. He's uh, let me see. He's six foot. And, and if McTominay plays at the back, we kind of miss that presence in midfield in terms of height, uh, because he, he is very good at winning. He wins, on average, four aerial battles per league game. Um, and that's more than any other midfielder that's in contention for the, the Scotland squad. Um, 
he makes around two tackles per game, which is one of kind of in the top ten range for the Scottish Premiership this season. Um, he's played lots of games, um, and he's also versatile. Can play at right back, can play at centre yeah. back, can play in a back three, can play in the kind of def- defensive holding role. He has played big games, European games for Rangers, European games for Aberdeen. Um, so that that's why he would go for, and he's got international experience at the under twenty ones. Um, he's captain under twenty ones. So I would definitely take him um, as my replacement for Jack. Um, and I, I, you know, I, even if you know he's he's now back in the Aberdeen team, and I know he's in playing at right back. Um, but I think the biggest thing I think that could ha- be in his favour is that just to get that call up would G him up and it's a different environment and he's going to be asked to do something slightly different for Scotland and that just could make the, the kind of making of his summer. Um, yeah. He ended up in because of the COVID situation, remember? He got a call up from the 21s in. Yeah. See if he could have continued his form from when he first signed for us. I think at that point, I thought he'd be a guaranteed shoe in to get in the squad because he was absolutely fantastic. Fortunately, um, that's what happens so when the whole team kind of suffer. Um, you know, it's hard for Eddie to really stand out. But I think, oh, even still, I think it's, there's times whereby players need to stand out. I was disappointed with like Ferguson, another one I thought he could have come into contention, but just the second half of the season. Yeah. Hasn't, um, hasn't been good enough. Um, I just think... I think there's something about McCrory that has done it in the past in these kind of big games where he has just been kind of thrown into it. Um, but, you know, I, I do realise that he's not been a, a standout for Aberdeen in the second half of the season. Because um, I think the two of them will, will look back in this season as a missed opportunity because we might not, I mean, how long it's been since we last qualified for a tournament, it could be again another bloody generation that doesn't qualify and I think the two of them will be will potentially regret not doing a bit more last season. They could, they could have pushed on and got in the squad. Um, I don't think McCrory will go. I mean, you never know, it could be. He is someone that obviously Clark has considered because he, he did bring him up, but I just think if we, might, might. Uh, yeah, I just think that we need somebody who is more... McTominay just isn't a, a ball-winning, defensive, disciplined the midfielder we know McGinn is better going forward um, so that kind of potential of moving Tierney up there is there but then we don't know how fit Keane Tierney is going to be for the tournament and yes. McCrory could just be there as a kind of well let's see if we need to solid up let's see if we can get it all Aye, it's, not, it's not at all it's just not got a lot of options just, it's just the, the form aspect is not been in particularly good form. The other ones that could uh, maybe be mentioned, Alan Campbell. I like Alan Campbell at Motherwell. Um, I've not seen enough of him uh, this season to know. I like him, he, but he he's. Is he going to marshal? Is he going to marshal that def- in front of that defence well enough? I don't know. Um, the other one, but I've not seen him play this season, Graham Shinney as a midfielder, defensive midfielder. Forget it. I couldn't even tell you what Graham Shinney is just now. Darby. Uh, my mate's watched a fair bit. Mate's watched a wee bit of him just because he's an Aberdeen fan and still takes yeah. an interest and says that he's one of our better players. He is someone but, that can play defensive yeah, mid, but he's not been in the squad recently. But that, yeah, that doesn't say a lot, though, if you're worried about Darby's better players just now because they've not been that great in the Championship. 
I would prefer somebody like McCrory who's played a lot of games and had at least a really good first half of the season and somebody that's better than average at Derby. Maybe I'm going to have a goalkeeper that's playing for Derby. Yeah, um, I've already said that I'm not convinced by him, so... It's just another name that was thrown in there. Um, he didn't put him in the squad, but it's just another name that he did yeah, no, consideration uh, because there is this exactly. situation. We, Scott we, Brown haven't, could, we haven't got a lot of options. To come back? He's just, again, not... Scott Brown, it, it's easier to do that job for Celtic than it would be for Scotland, especially at his age. He's never... I've never seen Scott Brown as a, a, an actual natural defensive midfielder. I don't know and if he would suit playing with a three at the back as well, because he tends to want to drop very deep as well. To get the pick ball. up the ball, yeah. So, um, Which would potentially not help us. Uh, I think we'll just end up having a dark slider in midfield. I think Tommy will end up being the kind of defensive-minded midfielder. I don't know. We've already seen, we've seen, and this is my my issue with it, we've seen in the last set of Scotland games, we do not close down quick enough, and that's because we've not got somebody disciplined that sits back like Ryan Jack has, and you know, you see his game against um, the Czech Republic at Hamden, or you see the game against Serbia, he's the one that covers every blade of grass, he's the one that sweeps up after everybody else, he's had a fantastic season for Rangers, and he's going to be a really big miss for me in the Euros because of this injury. Oh, yeah, he will be a miss. I think was it only, we've only lost one game when he's played. I know he's only got 10 cards, but still, like, he's pretty good. It's good for Scotland, yeah. That. Um, so, with Tommy McGinn, McGregor, Christie will definitely be going if they're fit. McLean, uh, Kenny McLean, I think, will go. I think, yeah, I, I, I have not selected them in my squad, but I think Clark will select them. Armstrong, I think, is is going to go as well. Yeah, Armstrong. I'm trying to see actually because when I was getting teams, I don't know if our squads was Armstrong's men, name always mentioned. I think he will go. Yeah, Armstrong. Yeah, Armstrong. Aye, he's, he is there. Um, the think... wild card again was Billy Gilmore, but he's just he's he's not good games. Unfortunately, if he could have even played the odd game here or there under Tuchel. He could have come under consideration. Um, Ryan yeah. Gold, another one that's been mentioned. I selected Ryan Gold um, ahead of McLean and Fleck. Um, I think he, he, he's that kind of maverick player that could maybe do with Scotland and maybe undo a, a defence with a, a pass and stuff like that. He's playing well in Portugal. Um, I have picked Turnbull as well. I, I think um, I had... Um, I had Ryan Fraser and James Forrest in my midfielders as well. Um, oh, yeah, I had half of them as a tough Because I've only went with uh, four forwards, so that's my kind of reasoning for that. Um, bulk out the midfield selection slightly. Um, so many actual central midfielders go? For me, there's McTominay, McGregor, McGinn, Christie, Armstrong, and then I've picked Turnbull and McCrory as well. So that's the seven, I think. Aye, but in terms of who Clark will take. So Clark, I've got McTominay, McGregor, Christie, McGinn, Armstrong, 
McLean and Fleck, I think he'll take. I reckon he'll stay out. So you had turned all my out. I've not, I don't know who he's going to pick up instead of Jack. I don't know who, because I've still got Jack in my Steve Clark seat, so I don't know if he's maybe going to pick up, um, or he might move, you know, he might move Fraser into midfield or something, I don't know, but in terms of his selection, so I don't know who he's got. Yeah. That last, I don't know who he's going to replace Jack with. Someone that no one mentioned, but he's been in the squads before for versatility is Callum Patterson. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he ends up going. Because yeah, of... the, yeah, that that could be the person that he brings in. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge Callum Patterson fan. He's he's very ordinary. Um, he'll will give his all. Um, it's just somebody that I've never really seen in a Scotland jersey really perform to any high standards. He's not someone I would take either. He's just someone that's been in the squad recently and it could be someone that Clark will take. Um, so attackers-wise, I would say he's going to take five attackers, but I'm including Fraser and Forrest as attackers. Right, OK. Because um, Fraser's always been playing up front for us recently. Yeah, played right wing back last time. I think he played striker before. That wing back, he doesn't play wing back often. So Fraser as an attacker, he'll definitely go. He'll definitely go. I just, uh, yeah, and I think, um, I actually think um, Clark will pick him as a forward, um, but I, I do in midfield. But he will definitely go no matter what. Lyndon as long Dykes, as he's fit. Lyndon Dykes will go, yep. and thankfully he's come back into form as well. He's got yep. five goals in his last six games. So he's, he's going very good at QPR. Right yeah. Whether maybe partly. Shay Adams coming into the, the picture that Scotland has helped Dykes he'd go no maybe I, I think so yeah and, and I think he's also surprised a lot of people to begin with in the championship then probably had a bit, a bit dull for me he's then got used to how it is actually what it's like to be in the championship and he's now getting you know that's you know it's just experience I think of, of the leagues now he's starting to, to, to tell Ah, he's um, a one out goal scorer anyway. I wouldn't say so. He's got one in four in the championship this season, which is for the type of striker he is. I would say he's all right. Hopefully, he can build on that and maybe so, uh, become more of a goal scorer. Have you? So Adams will go. Yeah, sure, Adams will go. Yeah. And what are we say? So you've got Forrest. So who's well, your third? I'm more going for the other people and what they've been saying. I've not. But Forrest is, and most people score just if he's fit. Oh, yeah, if he's fit. And, 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 and I think you know, we need him for yeah. a plan B in terms of width. That was something we lacked massively in the yep. last set of fixtures. 100%. Although he's, he's definitely... A player. Um, so Forrest, I think, would have to be in there. But fitness is a big concern. Yeah. And so, McBurney... McBurney's out, isn't he? Yeah. So, but he's not. Clark he's not been ruled out the tournament, no, has he? Aye, well, no. Um, he's not. No, I think no one picked him. Like no, no. I've one. picked him because I, I, I think Clark will pick him. You pic
people like him, and I say people, I mean like managers and stuff, he's already been linked to Leeds United and things like that. Um, I think there is a footballer in there. I just, maybe he's more, you know, I could see him maybe playing as a kind of number 10 behind Adams. Um, so I think, again, options aren't great. And because I moved um, Fraser into midfield, I've got four forwards and I had Adams, Dykes, uh, McBurney and Nisbet. Do we think, though, maybe the last set of fixtures, McBurney was there pretty much as a third, fourth choice striker, I think. And whether uh, Clark's... Third, I would suggest. Well, he did. Did he, I don't think he, did he come on? Yeah. And which, I think only maybe one of the fixtures. I don't remember coming on all three, because Adams did no, play the first game. But I think he's third choice striker. And no, that, that's good. Cool. So he's as ahead of him, I would say, as a striker. No, I don't think so. I would say so. Is a, is a lone striker? Is a lone striker, though? It's always been playing a lone striker. We have sometimes been playing. No, but, but, so if you get two injuries in your squad, you're going to have to have a, a third striker. Aye, but you've got, you'd have someone else in. You'd have Nisbet. Uh, but I don't think... So I don't think Clark would suggest Nisbet's ahead of McBurnley in his thoughts, though. I don't think that... I think... I think if you look at Steve Clark's... Scotland career as uh, Scotland manager, McBurney's always been within the top three strikers. And he's never felt, he's never felt behind this, but he's never felt behind Shanklin. He's not fallen behind Patterson or anybody else that's kind of come in. It's only, uh, I, would, I would suggest it's only now Adams and Dykes have went in front of him. Yeah, I think Fraser would play ahead of him as well just now. But not as a number nine. Like confident. But he could still play up top. He still could still, could still play up top. Ryan Fraser. Yeah, yeah but I don't, I, 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 I don't think he would, and I don't think I don't think Clark would, would put him in that position. Aye. Well, that's my choice. I wouldn't have Burnley in the squad. I just don't think it's. I think for whatever reason, you get some guys that just international football does not suit them. I think Again, one of these guys. I keep on saying this. So if I quickly do this. He's had 16 caps. It takes about 20 caps before a, a, a striker really shows himself in international football. Not always. I think Dykes kind of uh, pro- disproves the rule slightly. But if you look at Kenny Miller, if you look at Lee Griffiths, if you look at um, a few players before them, it took about 20 games before they beca- started scoring goals for Scotland. I just think the international game's different. Doesn't score. He's no scoring goals. He's never. He just doesn't inspire confidence at all. But who are you taking then? I take this bit. But he's not scored goals this season. What's that? He's not scored goals for Scotland. He's only had one cap. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you'd, why would you take McBurney, who's had 16 caps and not not done the job? Take someone that's maybe got a chance of doing something. Because I think he offers something that Clark likes. Aye, that's Clark. But what about us? Do we? Do we, do we uh, but I've got I've got Nisbet and McBurney in the squad. I just don't know. I think you're in the minority with that one, McBurney. Oh, I, I, I'm more than positively sure that I will be. Um, I don't think anybody. Yeah, looking through, no one else. But I, I think a lot of people think he's injured. 
I think we got Alice injured. Folk don't. Just don't. No, they don't like him. Yeah, that's, that's true. As a player. And that's as a player, regardless of the other stuff. Yeah, I, I know you it, can say like about caps. That's in the past. You can't have a guy that's got sixteen caps and not scores a striker. That's just crazy. That's not crazy. That's crazy. It's not. But I tell you the reason why it's not crazy. Because Steve Clark, up until this point in time, has continuously selected too many scores. Yes, but it's still crazy. But but it's think not other crazy teams, think England, Czech Republic, Croatia, we're taking a striker that's not scored in sixteen caps. Yes. Would they? Yes. I don't know it. So we're just going to dismiss Emil Heskey's career? Heskey scored goals for England. Yeah, but he also went through barren spells both at club and international level. Because he was playing in a 2-0-1. Owen was a goal scorer. <laughs> but I'm just proving the point that, yes, that if, if a manager thinks that that player could do something in that position that's different to anybody else, he will select him, or if he trusts that player. No, I think in the last set of fixtures, I think it showed that he wasn't. He's not among the top choices now. I hope he doesn't go. He's still, uh, he's still third choice though. I think he only came on once in the last three fixtures. That's all you need. Is a third choice striker. Waste of a jersey for me and most people as well. You're in the you're in the corner yourself. You're Mount Burnley. You and Mount Burnley in a wee corner. Well, as I say, just look at Kenny Miller, just look at Lee Griffiths. They weren't exactly prolific either for us. That's what I'm saying, but when they start becoming more prolific... That's Adams that look as if they've hit the ground running straight away. Yeah. Let's get, let's get take, Nesbitt in there as well. I would take all same. four of them. That's my squad's got all four of them. Fraser scored the goals as well, one in four. He's in my squad, but he's in midfield. He's in midfield. He's still only he's, he's 24. Why do you think people are spending time? I don't care if he's 24 or 34. He's still scored. He's a striker. Because nah. all, all I know he's, he, he did great things in the championship, right? He scored goals then, but that was like, what, two seasons ago? So who have you got about who? Do you get Kerry McLean? Definitely, aye. Uh, did you definitely? Who's he done? Who's he done in all his games? He's played fine. He's good. Passes the ball <laughs> well, scores, wouldn't pay. Aye, McLean would be in there. Falls, 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 I fall asleep watching him. I fall asleep watching him. You were praising him not that long ago, Kenny McLean. Uh, I remember. Where is that? No, I was oh, there. Is there. praising Kenny McLean. We like That's... Kenny McLean. We all know it. Listen, this podcast recorded, find me, 67 aye. episodes. Which one I'm praising Kenny McLean? He is, he is ready salted, my friend. Right. Ready salted? McBurney's yeah. not even got a flavour. <laughs> <laughs> McBurney's a mystery flavour. We've just no guess what it is yet. A mystery flavour. Salt and shake without the salt and shake bag. Oh, yeah. Don't go. I actually like the salt and shake without the salt. The I, exactly. That, that says it all. There we go. Podcast so, ended. We'll see you in June. It's... Hey, uh, I thought we'll probably take him, but I just... I, I do. I just think... Imagine this, this scenario, right? No, no, England, last minute, throws on McBurney. Skush. I'll be delighted. <laughs> I'll be delighted, obviously. I can't, if that ever happened, I would be on Twitter so quick just to see the reactions of people. Oh, folk are not going to be unhappy if he was to score. No, like, no, are no they one is, gonna, no one are they going to go, oh my God, what a guy, and all the rest of it, they're going to actually praise him. Just be, 
caught in the moment of we've scored, he scored. Um, I, I don't know. I think maybe. The injury, I think he'd be the injury, mate. See, maybe occasionally as a two. I just don't think for us a one. It just doesn't suit. So I agree maybe, with you. I would not. I would not start him. I'm just um, going by by our options and going by um, Clark. I think if he's fit, he'll go. That's the the biggest question mark is yeah. whether or not Clark will think he's fit enough. That might be the provisional squad type situation where he comes into training and you see what he's like. If you're not starting, no, I don't know why he offers off the bench, and that's the problem. Unless yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not totally, I'm not totally, but again, I'm, I look and I, I can't see anybody, you know, the one that probably would have been is Lee Griffiths, but hasn't kicked a ball all year, so uh, that's the only one I can, that's if and, I, and I don't think, I don't think Clark trusts him, so, yeah, he, to be honest, I don't know if I'd trust him just now either. He won't go, um, unless he does something remarkable in the last few games that are, what Lee Griffiths needed to do in January was go back to Absalom or something. He needed to push for something else because, you know, that's that's the kind of galling part of it is that we are, we know that that could have been an issue where he could have been like the, that opportune person to come off the bench. And yeah. the fact of the matter is Clark trusts McBurnley who hasn't done anything really, you know, he's got a bit of link-up play, he's got a bit of hold-up play that's done alright, but it's in very much the minority of games he's, he's produced that, but Clark still prefers that to what Griffiths has offered, and Griffiths would be a wild card at this point now, wouldn't he? Because yeah. you know he can't uh, do it, but... You know, you, I think players like Shankland and Hornby of... Like you said, with the doubling midfielders, this is a chance that they've missed up on. Oh, I definitely would. I thought when Hornby signed for us, I thought he's got a good wee five-month spell, yeah. getting, scored goals, but... Prove himself. No, Carl Mendes just got a better chance of getting in the squad. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he got injured. To be fair, he got injured. At times, he's looked all right, but maybe he'll be someone that comes into consideration this campaign if he can get the right move or get game somewhere. Shankland or Nesbitt could potentially be there. Um, I think I think things. Nesbitt's got more of a chance. I think I think for the reason that Shankland, there's a reason why Shankland's not played the top league that much. Um, I think that would maybe be a concern for Steve Clark, whereas Nesbitt has played most of the season and done well, whereas Shankland's came up and it's as if Mickey Mellon doesn't actually trust him in the bigger games or to lead the line by himself and stuff. So it's a, it's a strange one, but it just hasn't really worked out as well as he would have wanted. Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, we try and figure out the attackers will probably be Dykes, Adams, McBurney and Fraser. Depend, depending on Burnley's fitness, if he's fully fit, I think Clark will take him. That'll work out with many players. I think we've uh, managed to combine actually managed to get 26 players right. So three keepers is definite. Ten defenders. So three, 13. Um, Nine midfielders. Or ten midfielders well, and three forwards, depending on what you class phrases. If we go for set, central midfielders. Because even Christie's a kind of hybrid. Yeah, kind of number 
Yeah. Um, so maybe it's either to go 3, 10, 13, and then the five attackers, Fraser Dykes, Harvest McBurney, or is it, four, is it four or five attackers we reckon they'll take? I think he'll take four. So just those four, so that would leave nine central midfielders. Or number tens. Yeah. McTominay, McGinn, McGregor, Christie, McLean, Armstrong, Fleck, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then there's space for two other players. So say that again, say the ones so McTominay, McGinn, McGregor, Christie, McLean, Armstrong, Fleck. Forest. I will Forest, I reckon could be in there. He'd be in as an attacker, I would say as well. Attacker midfielder. And then, does that maybe then leave the space for David Turnbull? Yeah, it, 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 I would take him again, but it's it's hard to kind of really put... Uh, you know, that's the, the one position. There's, there's one gap, I think, from, from our Clark squad now, and that's the Ryan Jack. And that's assuming it's 26 people, because it's either yeah, 25 or 26 at the moment. Yeah. So maybe Turnbull's the unlucky 26 player. Yeah. Becomes 25. So we reckon Nisbet doesn't go. And okay. Buck. Buck. I think they'll know. I don't know where. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know if he was injured the last uh, lot of actually just didn't pick him. I wouldn't pick him. Hold my hands up and be honest here, but I don't. I don't think he should go. But yeah, it's one of those again. I'm really surprised if he does take him. So is he, the one thing he's got, maybe going from as he can play white, with pace. I don't think he's can't do anything. Very effective, I. That's the thing. <laughs> um. So yeah, the other ones, that, not in terms of attackers, but other ones that have been called up recently, centre backs, Portis and Har- Harlan, but they were only really as emergencies. A bit like yeah. Yeah. Getting called up. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else anywhere that could maybe come into consideration at all. No. I think it probably comes. So it's, yeah, there's probably about 35 players roughly for 26 places. And there's, there's only these wee odd ones like the wing back situation, the central midfield, and then uh, maybe. It's interesting, but you kind of you kind of look at it as a kind of fans' view and a kind of Clark view, where you would say the fans would probably take um, Turnbull, Gold, and Patterson, and I don't think he'll take any three of them. Yeah, I think the squad will come from the last set of qualifiers, probably. Yeah. I might be a wild card. Maybe he'll take a wild card. Maybe there'll be one wild card. Possibly. Maybe now the, the Ryan Jack situation there might be a wild card. Um, I just don't know for sure it will be. And also as well, we've got maybe three players that are doubtful to fitness. Forrest, McBurney, Tierney, which can change things as yeah, well. Exactly. So, or the other thing is Tierney Robertson and McTominay are banned from playing international football. Yeah. So my final question on this matter is 
if there was three players right. from any era that you could have in the Scotland squad, who would it be? And it's based on, well, it can be based on whatever you want, to be honest, it can be based on where you think there's a weakness. Right, so based, or, let's, yeah, let's base it on the current squad, right? So in Ian, terms of. Ian picked right. two. Right. Danny McVeigh, which I yeah, yeah. actually, and Kenny Douglas. Right. Can't argue, can't, argue, can't really argue with them, to be honest. Uh, for me, I would pick... Maybe go for a lifetime. Go for your lifetime, because obviously... Right. Be okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so for, for, for my lifetime, I'd pick three of them. Yeah, I three. <laughs> I'm getting you three. I actually think, and this isn't me being... Like, kind of go back to my, my Rangers days and being a blue nose or anything. I think there's three Rangers players. Right. I think I would pick from my lifetime. Well, I reckon I could guess one of them you would take. Because right. you wrote a blog about mine recently. Uh, yeah, right. I think. Well, that was a post on Twitter anyway. There was certainly yeah. something about Rings of Sally, the yeah. first name. Yeah, well, that's my hero, so yeah, definitely. Uh, scored scored an international tournament, um, two golden boots. Um, he, he was a striker that could play different ways, and you know, I, I, so yeah, Alan McCoy would definitely be one of them, and we probably still could do a, an actual goal scorer, um, even if it was just coming off the bench. Even our score would be so much superior. Um, <clears throat> Andy Gorham, because I think, as I said, Marshall, I'm not entirely convinced by uh, maybe a Gordon five years ago or, you know, when he was first at Celtic, um, would be different. But if it was this squad just now, I'd pick Andy Gorham. Right. Uh, And Alan Hutton. Alan Hutton, okay. Just because we need a right back. And I can't think of. I think I can't think of. Maybe McKimmy. What about think, in midfield, Paul Lambert? As um, the the right so the, 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 the defensive. They can do a job as destructive. I've got to landmark yeah. the best player, whatever, or just be good. It could be a possibility. I'm just thinking. Uh, no, 100%. It's a good. Yeah. If I look to anyone else, that's. Billy McKinley is another another kind of battling midfield. Aye. Stuart McCall. Stuart McCall is another well, one. Stuart actually. McCall, aye. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, that Dortmund Juventus game, you know, probably tips Lambert over. Um, midfield. I'd probably have McAllister and Collins jumping ahead of of what we've got. We've got a great midfield. Um, We would die. But that's all link in with as your wife, I believe, asked you, oh, what's the podcast team this week? And then you told her, and she said, what about, well, it was her that said, what about a Scotland squad of the era? Yeah, so she said, said, is it about this Euros, or is it one about a Scotland squad of our lifetime so I think that's a very good idea so this is a to be continued yeah to be continued just before the Euros uh, we'll do one that's over era uh, 
but yeah, I'm trying to get us anyone else from from our lifetime, our, from our lifetime the midfield will be strong, I think. Boy, because I think, I think even bloody defence will be good. Like yeah. under Craig Brown, our defence was solid. I, I, our defence will certainly be a lot superior than it is just now. It'll be old. But I think, It'll be old. But I think our midfield actually combines this current generation. And then you can add Dan Fletcher, you can add Barry Ferguson, you can add Paul Lambert, you can add John Don't get all these names away! Bloody <laughs> hell! I've not stopped recording I, yet. I don't think I don't think we've forgotten <laughs> these people. <laughs> I'm not saying they're else, I just I don't think they've forgotten oh, these guys. My God. And uh, no. No. No, I was just going to say like Matt Elliott and Robbie right. Stockdale and. Ended. Oh, that off. Uh, aye. So we will have it at some point. It might be a, a, a aye, we'll have it at some point. It might even be next week. We, we, this could be, I think, well, it's fresh. Um, and I think oh, that's what we care about now. Unless I'm already in the Scottish Cup, then uh, that's all I'm interested in. It's, it's a possibility. I mean, a wee bounce from Stephen Glass coming in and Yep. You know, you're, you've got one of the Glasgow teams out of the competition. Um, I, 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 it's funny because we've only lost one domestic game, but I don't think Rangers are unbeatable. No, they've got to lose at some point against someone. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and you never know, you might end up, but you don't even need to play them. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. So, um, St. Johnson might put them out next round and then... Yeah. You could have a. There was a saint that talked about the League Cup. Indeed. There we go. We know that um, St. Joseph are a good cup team, so. Exactly, I know them. Um, yeah. Aye. No one knows. It would be very frustrating for your team to win the cup, is. Yeah, no, Greg no, no. Out and you, there's no fans allowed to just be so frustrating. Though I believe there is some. Talks about potentially having a fight yeah. away from Hamden. Why don't they do that? Do you know what I mean? Let's, that, again, put the fans at the heart of the situation. They've missed a full season. If there is a chance, and there should be, because if they're allowed UEFA to do it, then I don't see why they can't allow the SFA to do it. Move it to Celtic Park. Celtic aren't getting there. You'll get more fans you slightly get in if you're, if you're really wanting to, to do it that way. We had uh, 4,000, was it, in Wembley yesterday or during the weekend? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was only yesterday. It was both. Yeah, was it? No, it wasn't was both. It? But I think, I think I can understand that because two days, you know, I, I think you, you would only have one because then it's so much cleaning to do. Oh, I suppose but that, the turnover yeah, of the two yeah, games is probably yeah. too much. But, um, you know, I would... I would strongly advise the SFA to move it to Celtic Park. Aye. Well, the thing is, I mean, it could be Aberdeen's year because I've now got my lucky 1990 Scottish Cup top. So, we don't have so, in 1990. So, that, that's hopefully going to be. No, no, no. Right, right. But how's it lucky? Did you have it in 1990 or have you just bought it? It's lucky because I bought it. And it's right. the last one in the cup, so it, it, no, 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 no,
Well, they would be definitely be lucky if you actually win it. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, um, I did watch the game. But, um, but there was some signs. I mean, at one point, I think when we went down, you were thinking, oh, no, here we go. Um, but round about, I would say, maybe halfway through the second half, we should have started to draw a wee bit of resilience, character, and then it maybe seen a, a slight change in who we were playing. One thing I did notice straight away is we're trying to get the ball forward quicker, but not just like being direct through the middle, like just into channels, different things like that. Make sure you're yeah. doing that. And there was a wee bit, you can see signs that he's going to want to play a pressing game as well. Um, the, the thing Dean is, Campbell's a player I think will benefit the most from Stephen Glass's appointment. I'll say this just now. I might be wrong, completely wrong, but I just think he's a type of player I think, from what I've heard, Glass will like in terms of possession based midfielder. Plus, you'll sell Ferguson in the summer. So. Well, I don't know what will happen there or not, but he's potentially good. Um, but Scott well, Brown you've could got to bring, bring Brown into the team as well. Scott Brown could potentially help Dean Campbell a lot, I think. Um, the. So, the thing is, what I'll say about Stephen Glass is him coming in just now is a hard time for any manager to come in um, when the season's basically done. Mm. Um, this is all about him finding out about the players that he's got at his disposal and who he's wanting to kind of build his team around for next season. But we um, see major changes overnight, which is natural. So um, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that you can't have a joy a good cup run. Um, but you know, I think on the on the most part of him coming in, it's more geared towards seeing what's happening for next season. Why, oh, definitely? It's a good, it's a good way of doing it. I'm glad that they brought him in now, um, rather than wait till the end of the season, like plus, Celtic seem to be doing. Yeah, plus the Alan Russell appointment, I reckon, is a very big coup for us. Um, I don't know. If he's involved in England, he must be doing something, right? Well, Kevin Keegan was England manager at one point, and I don't think anything about that either. It's I'm I, 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 happy to be proved wrong. He's a striking coach for England. We've got very good strikers, so it's not. You know, I mean, I don't. Is he really teaching Harry Kane that much? Is he really teaching Dominic Calvert Lewin that much? He must have something about him. I think. Yeah, he's got he's got that in his he's got that in his CV. Um, he, he obviously Gareth Southgate likes him, um, but you know it's it's like John Carver at Scotland. He's he's nothing special. Just ask the Newcastle fans. You know he's a good coach. Oh, and maybe that's about Russell. Maybe that's the thing about Russell. Maybe he's a good coach. I just don't think. I think it, it, it's that kind of Gareth Southgate appointment. It's kind of trendy and stuff like that. I, I, mean, I, I would need to see more of Aberdeen next season and a striker scoring goals before I would uh, appraise Mr. Russell. Oh, I think it's, it's a good, good appointment. You can't it's say that. Like, it's really yeah. different. But it's ambitious, it's different. Uh, and he's, 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 an interna- he's like an international setup. Yeah, he's and a, not a, just like a decent, a decent one at that, unfortunately. But, you know, let's just check something here. Right. Are you going to go back and check his playing career or something like that? <laughs> no, his playing career was horrid. 
but that's neither here nor there. That doesn't bother me in the slightest because you know the, the, how many good man, great managers have we had who didn't have any sort of good um, playing career or did average playing career. Um, it, it, let, let me just rephrase that because that's disrespectful. It wasn't horrid. You know, he had a, a decent career in certain d- divisions. Um, so I'll rephrase that because that is disrespectful. Um, and Glass knows him as well from his time in America as well. So he obviously trusts him. Yeah, so what apart from England, what else has he done as a coach? It's a big step, though, isn't it? Being in England, he was in America. So it's like, well, right. it was Vancouver Grizzlies or something yeah. like that. But you know, this is like... Canadian. This is American like or some kind of grizzlies. Look at Eddie Bufroy. We have something about you to get into the. Do you need to have said about the under 21s in England? Eddie Bufroy keeps crap. Aye, but yeah, his job is not to do well with under 21s, it's to produce players for the senior team. He will tell you that. Oh, no, 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 because he's at the job. Phil Revel, is he good because he buries England women? Now he's at Inter Miami? No. Pish. Yeah, we'll see. You get back to in your corner of all of it, buddy. Away you go. And stop giving names away from this week. The end to be continued. Thanks, last ones. <laughs>